Well, it's the end of the world as we know it. And today we're going to find out if Pastor Scott's just fine. Hello, welcome to the Minute Move, podcast extension of The Healing Place. This is the podcast for examining scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves, what is happening here? And today, ladies and gentlemen, we are welcoming back to, from a long hiatus to the microphone, Pastor Scott Etheridge. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. It has, uh, has it been a long time? It it's, has been, has it? It's hasn't? been six weeks. Wow. Wow. <laughs> six weeks. May, no, wait. Not six weeks. Seven, because we have the intro to Second John. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry that I have to break the flow of everything and mess everything back up so you guys can clean it back up and go on another run without me. Glad to have you back at the mic. (laughs) We've missed you. Oh, today's going to be good. Oh, yeah. So we've had some great conversations over the last several weeks going through John and through other things. And uh, today, though, we're kind of breaking, uh, taking a little break from uh, that. And we're going to be focusing on some... um, very particular passages over the next few weeks. Uh, Because of various world events, there's a lot of things happening, and there's a lot of discussion about Psalm 83 and Ezekiel 38. Mm -hmm. And some of those conversations are, well, some of them are laced with some fear. Some of them are laced with some misunderstanding, some miscommunication. And we want to kind of break through that, look at these passages in an exegetical manner, understand them in context, and figure out how this applies to what's taking place here today. Yes. And let me just say before we dive into this, uh, we, we've joked that I haven't been on in a very long time, but I, I just want to say what an incredible job every single week, whether it was uh, Carlos, whether mm-hmm. it was Ben, whether it was Caleb, which mm-hmm. I thought was great between you and Caleb was awesome. Uh, just a, a young adult and a not so young adult <laughs> uh, anymore. Right. And But somebody who actually was in the kids ministry and you were their kids pastor. Yep. And and just the 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 uh trajectory of both of your lives and how it's been kind of intertwined and just to see you guys kind of chop up the scriptures and and just uh express from your own hearts what the Lord was saying to you guys through the scriptures. That was really, really cool. I'd say this. It was really cool for me. I, I never would have thought years ago when because uh, for those of you those of you who are new to the podcast, Caleb was um his dad was my youth pastor. And I remember when Caleb was first born, I remember being uh, at YFN playing with Caleb because they brought him to the camp. Uh, I remember dropping Caleb on his head and I never would have thought that this is the kid I'm going to be hanging out and talking, talk, talking about the scriptures and, and diving deep with them. And it was doing a, really a cool podcast thing. with this kid. Yeah. But now he's a young adult and both of you would be, you know, mature and grow into who you are now. Yeah. And to be able to have a really, spirit-filled, intelligent conversation mm-hmm. about the scriptures I thought was just so cool. Yeah. Uh, I just really, really loved those couple of weeks. It was just really, really good. I, <laughs> I just, uh, it was a little bit of reflection. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it was like, man, I, I knew that kid win. And hey, I knew that kid win. And it was like, yeah. it was just really cool to watch that. It was awesome. <laughs> if you have not watched those, you need to go back and you need to watch those because there was some really, really cool and deep content uh, within that not just about the scriptures, but I think even y'all's relationship mm. and how that's evolved and mm-hmm. how that's grown and watching you guys interact with one another was just really, really cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, well, let's get into our conversation today. Again, there's a couple of conversations taking place about Psalm 83 and verse thir- and, and also Ezekiel 38, but um, I want to start off by reading specifically from Psalm 83, and it's specifically it's verses 1 through 8 
uh, where you get to a, a break. And in your scriptures, if you see the word Selah, it means you're supposed to stop and reflect. And some people, they're, they're stopping and reflecting, and some of them are reflecting a little too hard, uh, and some of them not enough. And so we want to talk about that in another portion here in a second. But just kicking off, Psalm 83, uh, starting in verse 1. Do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace, and do not be still, O God. For behold, your enemies make a uh, tumult, and those who hate you have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation. That name of Israel may be remembered no more. For they consulted together with one consent. Consent. They from the confederacy against you, the tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagrites, uh, Gebel, Ammon and Amalek, Philistia, or Philistia, with the inhabitants of Tyre, Assyria also has joined with them. They have helped the children of Lot. Selah. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, there's a lot taking place in there, um, but a question is, are Psalm 83 and the passages that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, Ezekiel 80, 38, why are they important, and why do people um, connect these two passages together? Well, again, um, well, maybe not again, but first off, let's just say we are not saying that, hey, we have the absolute 100% answer. Right. Let's start with that. That's good. Uh, There are a lot of people who are laying it out. There are things in the Scripture that absolutely 100%, we point to it and we say, this is that. Mm -hmm. There are other things that throughout history, um, there have been events, people, moments that it could be, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are future things to come that it might be. And so when we're talking about these things, there are things that we speak of in absolutes, and there are things we speak of in this may be misappropriated in many ways of thinking. Mm. This may be misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is an interpretation of this passage that not not that it makes the most sense, but lines up with the events currently happening. Mm -hmm. Not having happened before quite like this, happening like that now. Mm -hmm. And so as we dive into this, we don't want you to be like, hey, let's share this video out. It's 100% absolutely. This is the truth. And if you disagree, then you're, you know, all that stuff. We're not not doing this for that. Mm -hmm. We're doing it. Again, to take a deeper dive, not into a conflict, but into the Word of God right. and what the Word of God says. A lot of people are diving deeper into uh, the conflict, you know, whatever's happening in a nation. And, of course, the latest being the attack on Israel and all that's happening now and Israel's response to that and all that. And people are focusing a lot on the conflict, and I'm talking about believers. Mm-hmm rather than focusing on the scriptures and the prophetic word of the Lord and what God has already said about certain things and what God is saying to you about what is happening. That's why we say line by line, verse by verse, what is happening here, Right. not just for a general public, but also for me personally. Right. If you can't apply the word of God personally, it's not the word of God. Right. It's not the living word of God if you cannot apply it personally to your life. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, 
in this Psalm 83, and there are some important elements to Psalm 83, one being that it was written by Asaph, and that's, that's important um, because Asaph, and we're talking, you know, like 3,000 years ago when King David reigned, and the Israelites are preparing to build the first temple. And why is Asaph such a key figure? Because Second Chronicles 29 tells us that Asaph has a prophetic inclination. So he's not just like a scribe. He's not just a speaker. He's not just a teacher. He, he, he has a prophetic voice. Mm-hmm. And we know that in the Old Testament, that prophetic voice wasn't just what, ha- what was, what is, but also what will happen. Right. We see that in David's Psalms all the time where David's talking about what God has done, what God is doing. Then he prophesies what God is about to do. Then he prophesies about the coming of Jesus. Then he prophesies some things that won't happen till the end. Yeah. That can happen sometimes in one Psalm. Mm-hmm. We see it in Isaiah. We see it in Ezekiel. We see it in Daniel where it's talking about real-time events that are happening right then. But then all of a sudden, Daniel will talk about something that's to come. Mm-hmm. Isaiah will talk about Jesus to come, but then Isaiah will pull it way forward and talk about things that happen in the end time. So the fact that this is a Psalm of Asaph is important because it's coming from a prophetic voice, Mm -hmm. not just a teacher of saying, okay, this has happened or this is happening. He's talking future events here. Right. And then also uh, strong evidence suggests that Psalm 83 is not the same as Ezekiel 38. Mm Mm-hmm. Because in Ezekiel 38, you talk about Gog, Magog, Rosh, Meshach, Tubal. And then you go on and talk even about the Battle of Armageddon. Right. And it appears that Psalm 83 precedes both of these. Mm. So when you really look at it, and then also, and I think we're going to deal with this in a, in a future episode, but I'll say it now because it, it bears repeating even later, mm-hmm. is that this Arab confederacy, this gathering of people has never happened with all of them together at one time, in one moment, singularly around one focus. Mm-hmm. And so for those who would say, hey, it's already happened, it happened after this, it happened after the second building, it happened after the destruction of this, it happened after this, it happened after this. This has never happened in history the way that Psalm 83 lays it out. Mm-hmm. So that's our, that's our kind of our pretext to this is that, and we're about to discuss why Psalm 83 is not Ezekiel 38 because of Ezekiel's own words and what he says will be taking place. What will it look like? What will happen? This war of Gog and Magog, which again, we will cover this later, but Russia, China, Turkey, Mm -hmm. again, Asaph didn't have those names, Yeah, right? Ezekiel didn't have those names. Uh, uh, Asaph didn't have um, Palestinians. He didn't have uh, Lebanese. He didn't have many of the terminology that we have today. Asaph did not have that. Ezekiel did not have that. But when they speak of those words, when Ezekiel speaks of Gog and Magog, and you look at the location of those things, it comes out to modern-day Russia, modern-day China, modern-day Turkey. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Asaph and when he was talking about the different groups that gather around to make a confederacy right? and the fact that it says we are not just after land, but that Israel's name be remembered no more. That is a key in Psalm 83. 
Mm-hmm. We've heard that before. Mm-hmm. We've heard it from leaders of nations. Yep. We've seen it manifested through wars. Um, that it wasn't just I want land, but I want the extermination of an entire people group. And so it's important in Psalm 83 that we really do kind of land in that place that Israel be remembered no more, because what we find out later in this passage, and we're, I don't think we're going to read it all, but after verse 8, it says that some of these enemies of Israel will be remembered no more. Mm-hmm. The very thing they were after will happen to them. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, again, all the, all the evidence that we, that we, can, that we can gather— uh, whether it be historical, biblical, archaeological, the pretext seems to be that Psalm 83 is not Ezekiel 38, nor is it Armageddon, but it is a pre-war. And I believe, this is my belief, just my belief, the way of reading scriptures and, and historical evidence and all those things, that there has to be a pre-war where the major powers are not seen, but they are doing things behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. That will clear the way for them to be involved physically. The only way that happens is if a pre-war happens where those that have been almost sent in to recon is what I see it as. Mm. You would send in, a like even, even with some of the terrorism that we see in the world today, there are pre-teams that are sent in to die. Yeah. Their literal purpose is to die, to pave the way for the others to come in and conquer and take in. When you talk about a military term of recon, that is reconnaissance. That is to go in and and see what's happening, see who's there, see uh, strategize, do all those things. But literally, there's a, a pre-team that goes in. And that's the way I see this Arab Confederacy. It's almost like they come together, come against Israel. Is this going to work? Are we going to be able to wipe them out this time? They don't. And then the powers of B go, okay, now it's time. Mm-hmm. And so that's the way that I see it. But all the evidence suggests that Psalm 83 is a pretext to Ezekiel 38. Mm. Well, let's jump into it. Let's look at Ezekiel 38 together. Um, and we're looking specifically between verses 8 uh, through 13, uh, specifically. Well, 8, 11, and 13. And there's a lot that's taking place in Ezekiel. And <laughs> we could, we probably... This dude was seeing some wild stuff. Oh, my goodness. Like if you if if you're not looking at this through like a Christian lens, you'd be like, man, this dude's tripping on acid. Yeah. Like he's having a like he's having a moment. Like yeah. this dude was at Woodstock. He was like, <laughs> like the stuff this dude is seeing is wild. Yeah. I mean, spinning wheels round and round, like eyeballs. Yeah. And stuff. I mean, he's seeing some crazy stuff, but he is geared toward seeing, mm-hmm. and that's why God speaks to him that yeah, way. Yeah. Totally. Well, let's jump into it. Now, the first aspect of it, uh, I believe, is in verse 8 here. Uh, it says this, uh, After many days you will be visited. In the latter years you will come into the land of those uh, brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel, which have long been desolate. They were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely. Yes. All right, so what's happening in this verse, and why is this helping us to understand that this is not Psalm 83? So really what this boils down to is a people that are dwelling in safety and security. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Hebrew language, it's called yeshabatak. Mm. 
And, and that is that um, completely secure, dwelling safely and secure. Now, we know currently what's happening in Israel. It is safer in some areas, but not fully secure, mm-hmm. which is evident from October the 7th. Exactly. And so that's where we know that the time that Ezekiel's talking about when the war comes upon them is that they are going to be dwelling safely and securely, no doubt about it. Right. So safety, security, that's a, that's an aspect of it. We see a little bit of that taking place a little bit, but not fully secure. Why do people, like, why, how are people making this gigantic, how's the word I was how are they making this gigantic jump to going, no, no, that's really happening or has happened already? Yeah, well, they could take some of the technological advances that have happened in Israel, specifically over the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. And then some of the, even the prophetic fulfillment, which is replanting of the land, which is happening. Right. I mean, you can go back to Zechariah, and you can see the replanting of the land is happening. If you've been to Israel, you see it in real time. Mm-hmm. That which was desolate and desert is now being replanted, whether it be with vineyards, whether it be with olive groves, whether it be with whatever it is, the fact that you have uh, that you have wells that are producing water, clean, pure water, that were built by Ahab. Mm-hmm. And yet Israel is one of the most technologically advanced nations in the world. Mm-hmm. And if you look at a lot of the inventions technologically, they've come through Jewish people. Mm. I mean, there's, again, this isn't just presupposition, guys. This is evidence. If you look at Nobel Prize winners, historically, mm-hmm. Jewish. If you look at medical uh, breakthroughs, mm-hmm. I'm not saying all of them, right? but a majority, Jewish, mm-hmm. like I don't know how you can look at the history and not say that God hasn't had his hand upon the Jewish people. Right. Although the persecution and the dispersion and the diaspora and all the massively terrible atrocities that have happened. Right. Um, that yet still they live. Right. Yet still they advance. Mm-hmm. Yet still. And I go all the way back to Jeremiah's prophecy uh, of them in Babylon where he's prophesying God will give you a future and a hope, but he's yet he's talking about 70 years in the future. So what do we do now that we're in captivity in Babylon? You build houses. You start families. Right. You go about living, mm-hmm. and you live for God. Right. And you, and you, and you work, and you live, and you, you live amongst it and in it in Babylon, and yet God still blessed them out of that, and God blessed them in that. Although they were in captivity, God blessed them. And so I think there are so many things that people can look at and go, oh, yeah, but they're so much more secure. But October the 7th, it I mean, us. yes, they have an iron dome that, that destroys rockets before they, before they fall. You've got all manner of technology. Mm-hmm. You've got the IDF. You've got all these things. But even in that, there's still bombings. There's still terrorism. There's still all that. So it really doesn't line up with Ezekiel 38.8 as to being that specific war. Exactly. I think that's important where... <clears throat> where people sometimes get problems with the uh, Bible prophecy is they, they go off the assumptions like, well, I see portions of this taking place. <laughs> portions is not fulfillment. That's right. It's not the fullness. You know, it's like that's part of the reason why some people were deceived with false messiahs over the years were because they're like, well, there's this portion, this portion. No, no, no. Look at the whole picture. This is why we are so confident about Jesus, the Mashiach, because he fulfills everything that's right that we see in the old testament coming forward and that's one of the things that when we look at Bible prophecy we need to get past the emotionalism we got to look past the uh the excitement and you know whatever number club you're watching on television that says <laughs> something about it and go well what's the facts and I, but i would also add that intellectualism can be a trap as well i can see that 
because now it's like, oh, I have the answer. Yes. And and that can be a serious issue. That's why we want you to know that, look, we're just, we're comparing Scripture to Scripture. We're not comparing Scripture to a news program. Right. We're not comparing Scripture to October the 7th. We're comparing Scripture with Scripture. We're comparing Psalm 83 with Ezekiel 38. Right. We're not equating Psalm 83 to some book some guy wrote about why this is this specific war. Exactly. We're comparing Scripture with Scripture. Mm -hmm. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. Because now we're laying a base saying this isn't just talked about in one place. There are multiple things that have to take place for all of these things to take place, Mm -hmm. and we will find all of it in the Scripture. Exactly, exactly. Let's keep going on because I'm looking at your notes from because you you actually taught on this a few weeks ago and there's this interesting conversation taking place in verse 11. It says, "You will say I will go up uh, against a land of un- unwalled villages." That's what is that? Yeah, what does that say? Yeah, unwalled villages. That's right. Now this is an interesting conversation. Unwalled villages. What are they talking about with this? Well, a people dwelling without walls. Mm-hmm. He's already said it in verse eight that they're dwelling safely, mm-hmm. right? And he's saying that they, and, you know, verse 8 said it, in the latter years you will come into the land of those who brought back from the sword, Mm. from a battle, Mm -hmm. and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate, so that means replanting of the land. Mm -hmm. They were brought out of the nations, which means Aliyah, they're coming back. Those, the diaspora has happened, now they're coming back. Right. Which we know that has not happened. Exactly. In droves. But it has since 1948. Right. That had never happened in the history Mm -hmm. until 1948. Right. And over the last 70 years, 70 plus years, um, we have seen unprecedented Mm -hmm. people coming back to the land. Now, I want to I want to make sure this is understood. When you talk about how there are some people who say it's happened beforehand. We have the alarmists that have been going off for, you know, 88 reasons why God's Jesus come back in 1988, whatever, all sorts of stuff. But you're talking about there there are those who go, this prophecy was fulfilled in ancient times. It, um, but that's that's what we're, we're refuting right now is that we've not seen that would never happen in ancient times. We're that's seeing right. that take place. We're seeing the mass droves of people f- coming from the world to Israel. Jews would have never been a never been allowed to go back to the land. Mm-hmm. Not only, and pre-1900, mm-hmm. you're coming by boat. Mm-hmm. And actually pre-1930 or 40, you're coming by boat. Mm-hmm. The prophets prophesied about that. Mm-hmm. Coming by sea. Mm. Well, that could only happen at a certain point. Right. In droves. Then it talked about by air. Mm. That wasn't possible right. 150 years ago. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Much less 900 years ago. Exactly. So, and I'm not talking about somebody wrote a book about something. I'm talking about the prophecies. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a prophecy like, can a nation be born in a day? Right. Yes, 1948. Exactly. It happened in one day. Right. While the enemy was attacking on the Sabbath, mm-hmm. because the enemy knew Sabbath rest. Mm-hmm. We're going to attack on Sabbath rest. Why? They're not ready for it. Yep. When did this battle take place? When did they attack? On the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. When did they attack in 1973, Yom Kippur? The Sabbath. When did they attack 1967, Six-Day War? On the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a pattern. Right. 
And and for us to jump in and go, oh, this happened, you know, in 1128, or this happened in da-da-da-da-da. This happened when, when uh, you know, the Muslims uh, took Jerusalem. This happened when, no, because that doesn't line up with Scripture. Right. Scripture prophesies they will come by boat, they will come by air. I'm telling you, it was not possible. Yeah. Unless there's a giant dinosaur flying <laughs> in the air five million years ago that started dumping Jews off in the land of Israel that I don't know about. It did not happen. Right. We're about to get hate mail from the young earth creationists. Well, there. you guys can throw all the hate you want. I'm talking about scripture. Right, right, right. And I'm not just talking about Psalm 83 and Ezekiel 38. I'm talking about the whole passage. I'm talking about Genesis to Revelation. Yeah. And so we have to take all of this into consideration. We can't just pull this out because in verse 8 it says they were brought from all the nations and all of them dwell safely. Right. That's not today. Right. No. Like they tell you when you go to Jerusalem, although Israel is the only democracy in the Middle East, mm-hmm. and although in the Jewish government there are Muslims, mm-hmm. there are non-Jews, although in Jerusalem you have all manner of people from all different backgrounds living, mm-hmm. it's not just Jews, right? which is a lie of the enemy. Mm-hmm. If you don't know history, if you don't even know what's going on, you, you've been told so many lies, you don't even know what to believe. Mm-hmm. But when you go there and you're on the ground and you see it, and you go into the government, you go into the Knesset, and you go, I've been there. I've, I've, I've been to these places. I've talked to these people, not Christians. Mm-hmm. Not Christians. Right. I've talked to these people, government officials. I've talked to Arabs. I've talked to Muslims. I've talked to Orthodox Jews. I've talked to religious Jews. I've talked to non-practicing Jews. Mm-hmm. It is not what we're being told. Right. And so if what we're being told is false, we have to go back to the Scriptures. Right. Which is where we need to start in the first place, because Scripture confirms Scripture. It does, 100%. Some dude doesn't confirm Scripture. Scripture confirms Scripture. Right. And we see it over and over. And so even in verse 11 where it says, I will go up into a land of unwalled villages. Well, hello, there's a 25-foot wall over 400 feet long. Yeah. It's not unwalled. Yeah. It's, it's not there yet. Yeah. We're getting to that place. That's right. And again, that's if you look at the history of Israel, even going back before the Europe, before the Britons even you know, started the conversation about two-state stuff, there were villages of people. There were uh, small portions of, of, of Jews that lived in, the, in that area, portions of Arabs in the area, but nothing was safe for anybody. That's the reason why we've had conflict for the last you know, 60 years is because we keep trying to create a system in place. We keep trying to put things in place to create a two-state system in there, but there's just conflict constantly taking place. So this can't possibly be what's taking place there. Yeah, and the fact that it says not only dwelling without walls, but having neither bars nor gates. Mm -hmm. They're everywhere there. Right. And so uh, to me, again, Scripture confirms Scripture. Mm -hmm. I just don't believe that Ezekiel 38 is the Psalm 83. Absolutely. Going back to the passages, I will go to a peaceful uh, people and dwell uh, safely. There's no peace happening there. No, a nation at peace in the Middle East. They've, not they've never had peace. I mean, yeah. they, they've had what would be considered times a, of rest. A standoff. But not full peace. And there's not even been a global call for peace with Israel. Mm-hmm. In fact, some of the conflict we're having coming from a group who says, that absolutely says no peace with Israel. 
That's right. Period. And, you know, the statement was made, if, if Hamas... If Hamas lays down their weapons, there would be peace. If Israel lays down their weapons, there will be no Israel. Yep. And listen, we're not disparaging any people group. We're just saying that the truth of the matter is, this is the truth. Yeah. Like, again, I'm, I'm not like, um, hey, Jews can do no wrong, and Israel can do no wrong, and da, da, da. that's not where I'm landing. Mm-hmm. But I do know that God has never broken his covenant, that yeah. they are chosen people, yeah. or covenant people. Paul backs it up in Romans. 100%. It's backed up over and over and over again. They are covenant people. It doesn't mean they get free salvation just mm-hmm. because they're covenant people. Because you can't have salvation without Jesus. Right. Period. Paul was clear with that. Mm-hmm. There is none righteous, no, not one. Right. What's the way, the truth, and the life? It's Jesus. You have to go through Jesus. Exactly. So, so again, all of these things. And, and uh, so, uh, verse 13? Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Says uh, Sheba, Dedan, the merchants of Tarshish, and their young lions will say to you, "Have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered your army to take booty, uh, to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, to take great plunder?" Yeah. So this would this would lean into uh, one of the wealthiest nations in the world, mm-hmm. and Although in process, Israel's not there. Right. So categorically, when we look at what's taking place here, modern Israel is not Ezekiel 38 Mm -mm. at all. No. People are wanting to make some jumps. There's some conversations. Uh, You know, it's it's safe-ish. There's things taking place that look, there's shadows, Mm -hmm. but it's not Psalm 83. Yeah, nor are the, the enemies who will come against Israel in that fashion, as Ezekiel describes, right. they're not in the picture right now. Yeah, well, that's, that's not to say they're not behind some of this stuff. Right, but they're not in the picture right now. Right. Now you had said earlier, and you mentioned this, um, but some have suggested that Ezekiel thirty-eight is directly referencing modern-day countries. But you're telling us that's not the case. It's not. Mod- it's not referencing these. Uh, no, Ezekiel thirty-eight does. But that's but the ones involved with eighty-three. Not the one in eighty-three. Mm-hmm. So not the Arab Confederacy. Mm-hmm. Because again, when you talk about Gog and Magog and mm-hmm. Meshach and Tubal and all those things, those are other nations mm-hmm. that are not a part of that Arab Confederacy. Well, what is this Arab Confederacy then? Like yeah. what is that? Like what is what does that mean? Because I, I you hear that term, but what does that mean, Arab Confederacy? It's the gathering of those people groups, which we would know today as nations. Mm-hmm. It's a gathering of them together for one purpose mm-hmm. that Israel will be remembered no more. Mm-hmm. All of those people groups of Psalm 83 have not been completely together mm-hmm. until today mm. for that one purpose. Right. So a lot of people, when they look at this prophecy stuff and they see this in the world stuff, and especially those of us, like, you know, we've possibly been, we've been Christians for longer than 20 years. We remember stuff, the, the Omega Code and all those other things. People trying to just pick the, the end of the world and stuff. Why do we need to know this? Because I feel like there was a burnout for a while of people of like Bible prophecy and stuff. Why is it important for us to understand Psalm 83 and Ezekiel 38? Well, I think one thing is this, is that we can get so focused on the conflict mm-hmm. and news mm-hmm. and all this other stuff and not realize that these things are actually spoken of in the Word of God. Right. 
And as these things happen, it confirms what the Word of God already says, mm-hmm. which is encouraging to us. Yeah. That, okay, what, what the Old Testament prophets prophesied about Jesus, he fulfilled. Mm. How do we know Jesus is the Christ? He fulfilled it all. Mm-hmm. Like, to the nth degree, uh, when they put the numbers together of how one person could fulfill everything that was talked about, the, the numbers are crazy. Right, right. It's crazy Yeah, that one person could have done it all. Absolutely. Even into the smallest things that he did. Out of nowhere, he curses a fig tree. That was prophesied. And he just does it randomly. Yeah. It's not like Scripture stops and goes, whoo, this is a big, massive, great moment. Pay attention. <laughs> it's like, no. It's Boom. just a casual conversation. <laughs> yeah. He rides in on a donkey. A borrowed one. What... It was prophesied. Mm-hmm. Like, all of that backs up. What is happening doesn't back up Scripture. Scripture backs up what's happening. Mm-hmm. Scripture gets ahead of it and backs it up because Scripture prophesied it. Mm-hmm. And so it is the plan and the purposes of God uh, coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're after anyway right. is the plan and the purpose and the will of God. Mm-hmm. We're not after, okay, my idea of world peace. That's not what I pray for. Mm-hmm. If that's what you pray for, fine. I don't pray for that because I pray for the will of God. Well, wouldn't it be the will of God that everybody would just get along? Well, in reading the scriptures, that's not the way it happens mm-hmm. because not everybody wants to receive the truth. Yeah. And Jesus himself said families would be fractured. Well, how can it be the will of God that families would be fractured? Well, Families fractured is not the will of God. The will of God is that people would come to a saving knowledge of him. Mm-hmm. In that, if someone in that family doesn't want to come to that saving knowledge, it will fracture a family. Right. I think many times we're asking the wrong question. Mm. You know, why would God da 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 But I think we need to reform those questions. I think we're asking the wrong question. Mm, I can see that. All right. Because in that, you know, it said a people of great plunder. That infers, like, land from a previous battle. Mm-hmm. Israel's given up more land than anyone. Yeah. They just have. Mm-hmm. No one can, you can argue it, but you're not arguing facts. Right. They've given up land. Mm-hmm. Not gone in and taken it. They've given it up. Right. And not to mention the fact For that, the sake of peace. And that was the thing is, for the sake of peace, there everyone, there's, a, there's a meme going around with the, supposedly the shrinkage of Palestine. And it's really misleading, but what's taking place actually is every time there's a conflict, Israel takes land, and then they go, all right, we're going to offer this to you for a two-state situation. In fact, one portion of it was one of the the land deals that they were offering was all of the desert land that they had turned into lush green area, they were offering it to Palestinians. And again, no peace. Yep. And then even when it says, you know, and back to Ezekiel 38.8, recognized as a sovereign nation by the international community. Not even the UN does that. Mm-hmm. They say they do, but they haven't. Yeah, I haven't treated them like that. Because behind closed doors, they've actually brought out Palestinian flags mm. and said that's Israel. That their name be remembered no more. Mm. It's all there, man. Crazy. <laughs> well, Pastor, what's your big takeaway for us today? What's something like for us, well, what we talked about today, how can people walk this out? Okay, what's my big takeaway, and then how can people walk this out? Yeah, how can they, like, how does this affect Because my big takeaway is Scripture confirms Scripture. Right. That's my big takeaway. Mm -hmm. 
Scripture confirms Scripture. Right. And it manifests with world events. Yeah. Uh, but it, Scripture confirms Scripture. It's right. not just one verse that I pulled out of this, and it's going to be the verse for all of eternity. Right. It, it has to be confirmed right. with other Scripture. So what's the, take, what's the walk away for? How can people live this, what we talked about out today? Focus on Jesus, mm. not on world events. Yeah. Focus on Jesus. Get in the Word of God. Study the Word of God, not from a already preconceived notion of what you want Scripture to say, but what Scripture's actually saying. Right. So good. So good. All right, guys. We want to wow, hear- that got heavy real it quick. Did. It got real it? heavy at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it started out very comical and awesome and amazing, man. We just like, <sighs> that's part of it. So, but hey, we want to hear from you guys. How's this challenged you? How's it encouraged you? Reach out to us, MediaHub at thbstreetport.com, or you can uh, comment on our Facebook page, just look for Midwick Move, or comment on the YouTube videos. So until next time, have a great week.